0: to this message that I've entitled, Continue. And notice the theme of continuing in this chapter. It says this way, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-sufferings, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child that has known The holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Paul is writing to Timothy, the one who will be taking his place. Paul is challenging Timothy to continue. And if there's anything that will describe a victorious Christian life, if there's one word that can really put into perspective a Christian that year after year is faithful to God, a Christian that experiences victory in their spiritual life, it would be the one word continue. In the late 70s and all through the decade of the 80s and 90s, these places of entertainment started to pop up in malls and in different areas called arcade rooms. Some of you might remember them. Uh, There are places now like um, Main Event and others that have arcades, but it used to be a whole lot bigger than it is today. But in around 1981, there was a company that was uh, known as SNK. It was a Japanese company that figured out how to make even more money through arcades. Because originally, an arcade machine, you'd put a quarter in, and then as soon as you would die, that would be it. The game uh, would be over, and you'd have to start from the very beginning of the game again. You could put in another quarter and play, but you'd start from stage one. Even if you were on stage 10, you'd have to go back to stage one the moment you died. Well, SNK, this Japanese company, figured out a way to give the, uh, the player 10 seconds, 10 seconds to put in another quarter and continue from where they left off in the game. Now, I know for those that are gamers today, you just think like, what are you talking about? That's always been that way. Uh, in PlayStation 5 or Xbox or whatever, you die, you hit the, uh, they don't have a start button anymore. You hit whatever the button is, X or something or, or square, and, uh, and the game keeps going. Gamers today, that's, that's what you know. But back in 1981, this is revolutionary suddenly, if you're halfway through the game and you die, you put a quarter, it said, insert another coin to continue. And you'd put a quarter and you'd start again right there where you left off in stage 10 to try and beat the game. That continue changed everything in gaming. Can I say that in the Christian life, if you want to experience victory that you've never experienced before, If you want to see God do something that you've never seen him do before, you're going to have to continue. You're going to have to press that start button or that restart in your life and say, yeah, things ended really bad here in this last little season, but I got to keep going. I got to keep moving forward. I just got to continue. And in this last four months, in this fall season of 2022, as we go into the fall and winter of this year i want to challenge you to press the continue button in your life to not write off your christianity no matter what has happened in this year to not just quit on god and quit on church but i want to encourage you to continue because the victorious christian life is all about continuing i want you to notice that paul is writing to timothy and he's going to share some experiences With Timothy that Timothy knew all about. On one occasion, Paul was stoned to death. That's not drugs. I mean, they actually took big boulders and threw it at him, knocked him out, and left him for dead outside the city of Lystra. That was where Timothy was from. Timothy may have been a witness to that. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But for sure, Timothy knew about what happened in Paul's life, and Paul's going to mention that to Timothy. And he's going to say, Timothy, you know what's happened to me, but you need to continue. Your faith is weak if it stops here. The measure of the strength of our faith is really what it takes to stop our faith. If it takes just one little offense to stop you from coming to church, then your faith is weak. If it takes one bad circumstance or situation in life, one bad crisis to come into your life for you to stop being faithful to God, then your faith is weak. In fact, in Proverbs it says that. If your, if your faith faileth in the day of adversity, then your faith is weak. And, and Paul trying to encourage Timothy to live the victorious Christian life, he begins to encourage him to have a strong faith by continuing Now I want you to notice this morning the conditions to continue through As he starts this chapter in chapter number 3 Paul gives the conditions that Timothy is going to have to continue through He says as the days go by as as we get closer to the last days of Christ's return he says things are going to get dangerous things are going to get perilous things are going to get tough And Timothy, you're going to have to continue even in the tough days. Notice he says the the conditions to continue through are, are to continue during times of moral decline. Notice that Paul begins to describe the moral decline that is happening in society when Timothy will be taking his faith and moving forward. He says, notice what... People will be doing. Men shall be in verse number two, lovers of their own selves, and covetous, and boasters, and proud, and blasphemers, and disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. They're going to be ungrateful. Uh, they're going to be a uh, prideful. And can I say more and more today? I know this was written. Uh, I don't know about nineteen hundred years ago, but it doesn't seem like in nineteen hundred years things have changed. It seems like we're still living in a world where you can find boasters and lovers, men uh, that are lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. You can find people that are disobedient to God, disobedient to parents, uh, uh, men and women that are ungrateful and unthankful. We see that uh, in our society today, we, we, we can see that times, times are tough. The moral decline of our country is, is a major thing. And yet, Paul says, no matter what the moral decline of the society you live in is, Timothy, just continue. Haggai, in his day, also faced moral decline. In Haggai chapter 1, and verse number 9, he said, You look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. There was a a time there in that society when all they could think of was for themselves. In Haggai's day, nobody was given the tithe anymore, and nobody was really caring how the temple looked, and and nobody cared about how the programs at church were going in the temple, and and no one really cared about are we following God, and and what does God's word say? It was all about what's going on with me. Greed had taken hold of that society. And all they could think about and all they could focus on was them and them and them. Sounds a lot like today. Sounds a lot like our society. That whether you go into social media, whether you just go to the grocery store, you find that it's all about us. Society is so full of greed. Society that really lives for the love of money. Paul told Timothy in his first letter to Timothy, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Paul says, in the midst of moral decline where greed is growing, he said, Timothy, just continue and stay faithful you find that we live in a society where more and more people are bragging about their accomplishments, more than ever. Bragging about what they can do, what we've done. Me, me, me. We live in a society where we see the disobedience to parents being something that is honored, something that is championed. But Paul tells The Christians in Ephesus, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Teenagers, listen, you don't know more than your parents. It still honors God for you to obey your parents. That is still something that will bring honor to your life and brings honor to God and glory to God. Live in a society today where you get on social media and they reinforce this idea that Parents are dumb and stupid. You can watch any show on ABC or CBS, any of these family shows. Dad's always a moron. Doesn't know how to lead his house. Mom's the one that takes the the reins. The kids are always the smartest ones in the house. Parents are always apologizing to the kids. Kids never apologize for what they do. That's a society that's brought up as that's the normal family. That's how families should communicate and that's how they should live. Can I say that's nothing of what the Bible describes as a family should be. The Bible says that children are still to obey their parents. The Bible still says that men ought to walk in wisdom and in the paths of righteousness. That women are to love their husbands and love their children provoke not your children unto wrath is the next verse there in Ephesians 6. We live in a society that's thrown that out. We're living in a society that is unthankful for what God has provided and for what God has done. Paul says to Timothy, in a time of moral decline, just continue. Stay faithful. Then notice during times of social decline, verses 3 all the way to verse number 5, how society uh, unravels itself, a lack of love for others, a lack of seeing the needs and fulfilling the needs of others, a lack of forgiving others, an increase in gossip, an increase in violence, this year, I've probably been on the news less than at any other point in my life. But the two or three times that I've gotten on lately, I see stories of 75-year-old men walking down the street in New York City and getting plumbled, beat half to death, some to death, by some gang or a bunch of young teens that are just running wild. And some of them will even put it on tiktok or instagram and laugh and think it's funny someone's literally getting the life beat out of them someone can't defend themselves violence has gone up and up stories of kidnappings stories of people being beat at home violence has gone up and up and up what are we to do when society begins to decline paul says continue stay faithful move forward during times of religious decline, you see in verse number 6 down to verse number 9. Those that creep into the homes of families and, and giving what sounds like truth, but really is poison. What sounds like something that can be good, but it actually is destruction. Paul says, Timothy, that's going to happen. Different philosophies are going to try to get into our homes. Those that you're going to be ministering to at church. He said, watch out for it. What happens when religious decline comes? Continue. Stay faithful. What happens when people rise up against you? Begin to gossip about you? Begin to lie about you to others? What do you do? Paul says, just Continue. Janice and Jambres did that in Moses' ministry. Moses was to continue. People did that to Paul in his ministry. In fact, later in this letter, once you get to chapter four, Paul writes, And Alexander the coppersmith did much evil, did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. There's going to be people that are going to withstand the truth that are going to rebel and reject the truth. What are you to do when that happens? Continue. He says when there's moral decline and social decline and religious decline, and look at this, when there's times of persecution and affliction, verse 10 down to verse 13, you're to continue. If there's anyone that could speak of the fact of being persecuted, it was the Apostle Paul. There have been many times in his life and during his ministry that he had to face persecution head on, when the ministry and living for God wasn't so easy. We're very fortunate here in America that that has not happened as much as in others. It hasn't happened as much in this country as in other countries, but you can look this up on Google and maybe you can follow this magazine called The Voice of Martyrs. But you can see that there's countries where even today people are dying for their faith. People in Colombia, the jungles of Colombia. People in Iran and Iraq. People in Egypt, people in Africa. Where just simply saying I'm a Christian can get you killed. What are you to do when times of persecution come? Paul says, Continue. You know, the Bible never promises an easy life. The Bible never promises a life without trials. Let me just say, if you've decided to live as a Christian, it ain't going to be easy. If you decide to manage your social media account as a Christian ought to, it won't be easy. Expect comments of hate. Hate. Paul told Timothy, even in that day, there'll be others that will just hate you for standing for the truth. What are you supposed to do? Continue. The the conditions of life in which you are to continue in are in the good times and in the bad times. When morality is high and when it's declining. When the religious life of the country is good and when it's bad. When there's no violence happening or when there's an increase of violence happening, just continue. Paul said continue, continue, continue. But then I want you to notice that if you're going to do that, if we're going to continue throughout all of these conditions, you're going to have to have a commitment. A commitment. I like what Ken Blanchard said about commitment. He said there's a difference between interest and commitment. When you're interested in doing something, you do it only when it's convenient. But when you're committed to something, you accept no excuses, only results. When we're interested, it's only when it's convenient. But someone that's committed, only results. You accept no excuses. Listen, in the Christian life, either you're going to live a life that is committed to God, or one that's going to live for God when it's convenient. The one that continues is the one that is committed. And notice what Paul says this commitment entails. A commitment to the truth that has been given. Paul said in verse 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been taught. One of the things that Timothy had received... Was the truth through Paul's preaching. Many years he'd seen Paul's faith and he's heard his doctrine. He's seen the fruit of his labor. And now Paul is writing to him saying, Timothy, you've seen what I've given you. You've seen it done in Iconium and in Corinth and Antioch and Galatia and Colossae and Ephesus and Thessalonica. You, you've seen it everywhere I've gone. I've continued. It's not always easy, it's not always fun but I've stayed committed to the truth. Paul would often say, on the road to Damascus, I, I got that truth, I received that truth. We studied about that in, Galatia, in Galatians, in the book of Galatians. I received, he said, that vision, and I was obedient to that vision. He told the Christians in Galatia, I wasn't disobedient to the calling of God in my life. So when the Judaizers are criticizing And they're telling you this and that about me. Just look at the evidence of my life. I've been committed. He said, be committed to the truth that you've received. Be committed to the truth you've seen in others. He says in verse 15, that faith, that faith that you saw there in your grandmother, uh, Lois, I'm sorry, that's in, In chapter 2, I believe it is, what you saw there in your mother and in your grandmother, that kind of faith that from a child you've known. He said, be committed to that. I love the fact that Paul could tell Timothy, listen, you've seen that faithfulness, but not just in me. You see, when, 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 when Paul had traveled, he had a team with him. Luke was with him. Barnabas was with him. Silas was with him. You, you had this, this, this group that was around Paul that, that traveled with him and, and went from city to city and, and suffered through persecution just like he did. And Paul says, listen, look what you've seen in me. Look what you've seen in the team that's with me. But Timothy, look at your home family. And Lois and Eunice, your mother and your grandmother. The faith that they passed on to you. By the way, there's so much I could preach a whole message on just the faith that's passed down. Listen, I (laughs) I'm not ignorant of what the messaging that's out there for us. Right? The messaging today that they give the the teenagers and and the kids is be what you want to be dream big and be what you want to be and and i'm not against big dreams and i'm not against uh trying and and making the best out of your life but let me tell you something a life without faith is not a successful life a life without god is not a happy life oh it might have some happy times but it never ends well I thank God for those that have lived, committed to the truth. Those like Lois and Eunice, Timothy's mom and grandmother, that passed on that faith. A faith that Paul could remind Timothy of. So you've been given that faith, you've seen that faith. It's a life-changing faith. God bless a grandmother that teaches their grandchildren this is what life's all about. God bless a mom that sits down with her children and teaches them this is what's most important. That life is very short. This life will soon be passed, but only what's done for Christ will last. If you're going to continue in the Christian life, you're going to have to commit to the truth. The truth that you've been given, the truth that you've seen in others, and the truth that can transform. The truth that can transform even you. Be committed to the truth that brings salvation. There's only one truth that breaks the chains of sin. Only one. And it's not Islam, it's not Catholicism, heck, it's not even baptism. It's Christ. It's faith in Christ. Be committed to that message. Be committed to that life. Only one person can redeem and justify and make us righteous and holy. That is Jesus Christ. What we've been learning in the book of Galatians is of one man and the salvation that he brings. His name is Jesus. Paul said to Timothy, be committed to that tr- truth that transforms you. Not only are you to continue through difficult conditions, not only are you going to continue when you're committed But that commitment has a charge that goes with it. Notice the charge to continue in. He was not saying to Timothy, in your own ideas and whatever your dreams are, follow. No, that's not what he told Timothy. He didn't say, find yourself and then live it out. No, that's not. The charge of what he was to commit to and continue in was number one, the word of God. The Word of God, in verse number 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for instruction and in righteousness, for correction. To continue in that charge of taking that Word of God and, and allowing it to flow through you. The first thing that the Word of God does is it gives us doctrine. Doctrine is right teaching teaching about what are the right truths of God so much confusion exists today in many churches because of the lack of good teaching we try to make the bible just apply to where we want it to sometimes we we want to take one story of the bible and 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 if it's convenient and works to our favor we want to we want to pedal that story even even society does that politicians do that all the time right I marvel sometimes at the hypocrisy of politicians. Right now, we have a governor that's, of course, busting migrants out to a city in Chicago, and the city mayor says, "Hey, hey, hey! Where's your faith, governor?" Because Governor Abbott is an outspoken Christian. Where's your faith? Where's the love for those people? That we're supposed to love the world. You say uh, she knows the Bible when it's convenient for her and her political aspirations. If you ask that same mayor, what about the Bible that says that every life is precious in God's sight? And we shouldn't take away any life. There the Bible is, ah, it's not all the truth. We live in that kind of world today. Paul says to Timothy, continue in that word of God in the right doctrine. Doctrine take all of the doctrine and the truth of God and apply it into your heart, into your life. He says that's what doctrine does. It teaches us what is the right. What is the truth. But then you'll notice that it says in verse 16, not only for doctrine, but also for reproof. Reproof is telling us what is wrong. The scripture also tells us when we're wrong and what we're wrong in. It's reproof that will will stop you from continuing a bad attitude. It's reproof that will help you to understand that uh, what you're saying to your wife isn't right and not good. That the way you're treating him or her is wrong in a relationship, a marriage relationship. Reproof will tell you as a young person, listen, my attitude toward my parents, my attitude toward the authority in my life isn't right. Reproof will tell you that. And that's why the Word of God is so important. It tells us what's right. It also tells us what's wrong. It's good for reproof, but then notice it says also for for correction. For correction. Correction is how to get right. So the Bible tells us what's right, what's wrong, but you know, since we're not perfect and sometimes we do wrong, the Bible is good for correction on how to get right with God. The Bible doesn't just say, oh, God's mad at you because you disobeyed this. No, no. God says, this is how you get right. I love the fact that you can find in the Bible in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did you know that John was writing that to Christians? The context of that verse is for Christians in the local church. And he's saying, you Christian, that maybe maybe you had a a week of bad decisions or maybe you had a moment of a bad decision and you allowed your lust or you allowed the sin in your life or you allowed uh, the the envy of your life to, to, to come into your heart. And that was wrong and God was displeased, but you know what? You can get right. The Bible says there's a way... To be corrected. And the, the word of God uh, helps us to be corrected. But you, then you'll notice instruction. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That's what is right. For reproof, that's what's wrong. For correction, that's how to get right. And for instruction and in righteousness, that's how to stay right. The Bible teaches us how to stay right with God how to stay right with others, how to stay right in my marriage uh, with my spouse, how to stay right in my relationship with my children, with my coworkers at work, with my family members that live in another state or another place. That's what the word of God helps us to do. Paul says, continue in that. Continue in the word of God, Timothy. But then you get into verse 17 and you find that Timothy is to continue in the work of God. The work of God is, in him now this is something that's so important to understand once you get to verse number 17 when you read it once quickly it almost sounds like he's saying hey continue in church and continue in the ministry and helping people because he's talking about the works but if you if you if you see closely paul is saying the work of god that's in you timothy You see, when we're right with God, we can be right with others. When we're right with God, we can actually help others. When we're right with God, we can take out that little beam that's in our eye and the moat and that thing that's blinding us, and now we can see clearly to be a blessing and a help to others. When the Word of God begins to work in our lives. Just one chapter before. Paul writes to Timothy and says, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel and an honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. We must continue in the process of God working in us so that we might be able to grow in our spiritual life. And as we grow, we can help others. That you could be thoroughly furnished. That's everything in here. Heart, mind, soul, Everything. Body, so that you can be a blessing to others. Paul says, continue in that. Timothy, continue. Victory in the Christian life is determined by the fact that you and I choose to continue. It's the secret to victory in your life. Continue with God. Continue in the forgiveness of God. Continue in the power of God. Continue. My challenge to us this morning is simply this. Continue. There's four months left in this year. I don't know if gas prices are going to go up. I imagine they might. I don't know if food's going to go up. Probably will. I don't know how your marriage is going to do in the last four months, but it could be rocky. What's my counsel? Continue. Continue. Don't quit. What if I mess up or what if I messed up this summer? It's a good thing this book is all about correction. It's a good thing we serve a God that's all about getting right. Just get right and then continue. Continue. If you study at all relay races, you know that the most important thing in a relay race really isn't, really isn't the person that starts the race, even though there's some strategy there. It's not the person that's second or third that are usually your medium uh, runners, usually your first and last are your two faster runners, and really the last, the anchors, what he's called in a relay race, is the fastest. But did you know that the key in a relay race to winning is not the first guy, nor the second guy, nor the third guy? In fact, it's not even the fourth guy. The key to winning the relay race is in passing the baton. Did you know that you could be the first one to get to your teammate? And if the baton falls between you and your teammate, you're disqualified, you're out. If you have a good handoff and you go from the second to the third and you're the first one there, if he drops it, you're out. If the first and second are successful and the third one goes to the fourth guy in the relay, the anchor, and they drop the baton, they're out. No matter how fast, no matter they're going to cross the line first, You drop the baton, and it's over. You're disqualified. In the Christian life, the baton is that continue. It's to say, I'm running, but there's still more to run. It's been a good 22 year, maybe, great, keep running. There's four months left. Just Continue encourage us today. Don't quit. Make these last four months better than the first four months. Make your commitment to God greater in these last four months. Greater to be more in the word of God and with the people of God. And then what you're doing with your life. Commit yourself to meeting the needs around you. To be an encouragement to others. Just simply want to I just want to tell you, continue today. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and thank you for the life of Timothy and the life of Paul. Two men that in their lifetime continued. We can go to various cities today. Even today, almost 2,000 years later, we can go to the ruins of the city of Corinth or Iconium or Lystra or any of those cities and we can see remnants of those that were faithful of churches and church members that just continued in the midst of so much decline morally and spiritually Socially yet they didn't quit. Thank you for that example. What a challenge to us today. We also must continue. Help us to be more committed and to stay committed. And then Father, help us in our charge to go forward with the Word of God. And with you working in us. And we never think that we can help somebody when we ourselves are the ones in desperate need. Oh, Father, I pray that our cup might be overflowing so that we might give others of that living water within us. I pray that we would continue. Be with us now to do just that. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.